Paranorm podcast contains content that might not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. This is Paranorm Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome the fuck back to Paranorm, the podcast where we chat all things true crime and paranormal. I'm Emily, and I missed you guys. Uh, Ha, I got you. And I was able to thump you because you weren't expecting it. Who are you? Who are you? Apparently nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Not important enough for me to say my name, so (laughs) just keep on going. It's fine. Better say your fucking name. All right, I'm going to just sit here. My giant ass bottle of ginger ale. Nursing your swollen mm-hmm. and sore throat. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yep, guys, we're doing really great over here. I'm Robin. <laughs> She's not. <laughs> God damn it. AKA Sierra, oh. but who's keeping track? Okay, we're sick. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sick. Chloe Chloe got us sick. We're blaming Chloe. Okay. That's my solid stance right now. Um, but other than that, um, how are you? Let's catch up. It's been a minute since we've actually been on here. Yeah. A lot has happened since we actually recorded the last time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sierra, Sierra's got news. I, I'm going to be teaching math. Oh, my God. <laughs> to a bunch of ninth graders. Yeah. So... <sighs> Stronger woman than I. <laughs> I mean, it'll be, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. You guys will find out later. <laughs> um, because, like, what? I don't, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. even know, Who like, knows? where to go with that. Um, yeah. So, I'll update you guys later because next time, no, not next time, but the time after, <laughs> um, I'll at least have had school so there is that but um yeah well we shall see Mm -hmm. we sure shall we sure shall we we you know words okay that that was right all right yeah i'm glad (laughs) well it's also like 10 30 in the morning so so. (laughs) (laughs) um tell them your news what's my news Oh, I had surgery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 10.30 in the morning, y'all. Where are you going? <laughs> On a Saturday. Probably just around the block. Probably. So they'll be back. Um, <laughs> fucking hell, I hate this neighborhood. You guys are so welcome to the shit show right now. Um, anyway, it's going to be great. It's going to be really great. It's a short episode, um, so there is that, but um, I'm good. I started physical therapy this week, and my hip's feeling great. I haven't taken like any pain medicine lately, so there is that. Um, hip surgery went well. They like had to um, do a little bit more than they thought that they were going to, mm-hmm. which I feel so validated right now, <laughs> because honest to God, I felt like I was gaslighting myself. Like... Um, cause all of the scans were like coming back completely fine and like the x-rays were coming back fine. I'm like, Oh, okay. So I'm, nothing's actually wrong with me. And then they got in there and it was like, there was a lot wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I have, I have five new clamps, um, in my hip, which, uh, when I get on an airplane, it's going to set off some weird shit. Um, so yeah, pretty, pretty pumped about that. I have two more weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, on my crutches. Sure. Maybe. 
if that. One week. I think it's just one more. I think it's two. Hold on. Is it two? I don't know. I, at this point, time is something yeah, I don't two. understand. It's so we have two more weeks for okay. Monday. Um, um, with me on my crutches and um, it's been seven months since I've driven further than five minutes and I am ready to get behind the wheel. It's been eight months. Has it? Mm -hmm. No, eight months is September. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because I did this last time, remember? Yeah, yeah. you did. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. still, I know, seven, seven months. Seven months. It's been seven months since I've been at work. Um, I am going, like, stir crazy. We're going on vacation here soon, which I'm pretty excited about to celebrate my birthday and me getting off crutches. Um, I think I have a bruise right here. Girl, I have so many bruises, I don't even know where they come from. Mm -hmm. But I also bruise like Probably banana. Probably going to have one on my hand. Oh, yeah, I thumped you really hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I sure <laughs> did. Uh, but, yeah, so we're doing good besides all of us being sick right now. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to be sick. She keeps saying that, but <laughs> sharing is Putting that out there. Sharing is caring. So please don't come at me for my voice slash my sniffles this week. Okay, guys? I don't think I could take it. All right. <laughs> you ready to talk about some paranormal shit? I'm ready. Okay, so this week we are discussing the exorcism of Roland Doe, a.k.a. the inspiration for one of the best demon-related movies that, like, exists. Mm -hmm. Also, it changed exist um, to exorcist, uh, which, yeah. I mean, yeah. But, like, because it is the exorcist, the, like, the demon uh -huh. movie, um, which is, it's, like, I'm not going to make you watch that because it is pretty scary, but yeah. um, it's it's a good movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this case is the inspiration for it. Okay. Uh, so the true story that this all came about is okay. of Roland Doe, and he goes by like a couple of names, mm -hmm. um, but I'm going to mostly be like referring to him as Roland Doe. Like they changed his name um, to obviously like protect mm -hmm. his identity and shit. So it... Like, the late 1940s in Cottage City, Maryland, a small, quaint community near Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. the boy in our story is named Roland, obviously. I, like, it's a pseudonym. Like, they're not going to put Don't, his real name like, out there. Don't, actually try to look it up. Uh, no, if you look it up, it's going to lead you to Roland Doe. Like, it's, but it's not going to lead you to the actual boy. Yeah. Uh, so he lived in a home with his parents. Mm -hmm. uh, he had no siblings and there were no other children in the house for him to play with when he was little. Mm -hmm. Many of the other children who went to school with him described him as quiet, withdrawn, and unpopular, which is so sad. Mm -hmm. um, he wasn't very athletic, but he was a good student who loved to learn. One of his favorite people to spend time with was his aunt Harriet, mm -hmm. who was also a spiritualist. Mm -hmm. um, and in the giant-ass book of things <laughs> that you should never do in a fucking horror movie, um, let alone real life with a small child, uh, Aunt Harriet introduced Roland to a Ouija board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I knew that was coming. Mm, yeah. Uh, so things were relatively normal for Roland until the death of Aunt Harriet mm -hmm. in 1949. After she died, the family began to notice, like, strange occurrences in the house, uh, furniture started to move on its own. Objects would levitate or fly across the room, and strange noises kept the family on edge. As the disturbances continued, they also got a lot worse. 
Um, it started with some scratching on the walls as well, that like sounded like water. Mm-hmm. Um, then the noises turned into thumping footsteps. At one point, a portrait of Jesus Christ hanging on the wall began moving and banging against the wall so violently that it broke the frame. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, the occurrences only happened when Roland, who was 14 at the time, was nearby. Uh, the family, yeah. So the family turned to their pastor to help, like, with guidance mm-hmm. and shit. After exhausting all use of channels of like doctors, psychologists, because like it wasn't just when he was at home either. It's like when he was at school, oh, like things yeah. were like affecting so him. So literally, like, was hit like uh, around him. Yeah, yeah. So Roland's parents go to their Lutheran pastor, who invited the boy to spend the night at his house for observation. During the course of the night, the pastor heard scratching sounds coming from inside the walls and saw a heavy armchair topple over on its own. Uh, the next morning, also, every time I picture the heavy armchair, I just picture the recliner that Sierra is <laughs> sitting in right now because um, we got our recliner back. And Yay. seriously, Sierra has not sat anywhere else. <laughs> so, um, it is my favorite thing. It is your favorite thing. Um when I brought it back, I was like, we have your recliner back. She's like, it's your recliner. I'm like, nope. <laughs> it's definitely yours. <laughs> oh, man. Mm. Uh, so the next morning, he, the Lutheran pastor, mm-hmm. advised Roland's parents to contact a Catholic priest. Mm. A oh, that's my bottle. Okay. I was like, I don't like the fact that I just said Catholic priest and then something made a noise. (laughs) Do not love that. Okay, so what happened after that was the first multiple exorcisms of Roland Doe. Edward Hughes, a Catholic priest, is said to have conducted the first exorcism at Georgetown University Hospital. It ended in disaster when the boy allegedly slipped free of his restraints and tore tore a bed spring from the mattress and slashed the priest's arm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, That's like more than a boy could do. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, 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 yeah. So when this happened, it was witnessed by another Lutheran pastor who was named Luther Miles Schultz, which I think it's funny that a Lutheran's name is Luther. Mm -hmm. Do they get to change that when they become pastors? Is that a thing? Uh, or is that just priest? No, I think it's just the Catholic. Okay. Because they get, like, because each person gets, like, their regular name and then their Catholic, the Catholic name. name. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. I didn't, I didn't think that was the case with Lutherans as well, but if it is I mean, and we're wrong, please feel free to email. some, you know, churches might do that, like, as an individual kind of thing. Yeah. But I, not that I know of, at least. Yeah. So. Okay. So, Schultz was, like, the, um, like, the guy on standby, mm-hmm. you know, like he was like the family advisor. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the one, uh, he wasn't the one that the boy spent the night with, but he yeah. was like the family consultant. Okay. Um, he had like an interest in parapsychology. So Schultz corroborated the claims of the unusual activity and the family was experiencing. Mm-hmm. He was also present when the priest's arm was cut. Okay. After he slashed the priest's arm, mm-hmm. after the, um, Luther, Homeboy witnesses him slash the priest arm. Scratches appeared on, like, on Roland, Uh which appeared to, like, say the word Louis, Mm. which indicated to uh, Roland's mother that the family needed to go to St. Louis. 
what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Uh, where wouldn't you not go if the scratch is yeah. safe? Like, that's yeah. What yeah. 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 Like that doesn't make sense. Um, which is where like his family had relatives in. Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like I feel like you should not do that. Yeah. Like, don't listen to the demonic scratches on your right, child. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so, when this appeared, the exorcism was halt- halted. Like, you like you would have thought, like, when the priest was harmed, they mm-hmm. would have stopped, but, you know, <laughs> no. So, the exorcism was stopped, and the family made contact with the Catholic priest, who was also a professor at St. Louis University, Raymond J. Bishop. Being the academic he was, Bishop kept a daily log of events that transpired while working with Roland. After learning how the first exorcism unfolded, the priest made the decision to make detailed preparations for the next exorcism. After that, Roland's family traveled to St. Louis, where William S. Bodern, an associate of the college church, was given permission by the archbishop to perform additional exorcisms, which I... Like, why would you need more than one? If it works, it's supposed to work, right? Or is it no, you only it's do like a one, process. one per demon or like... No, you, like, um, most of the time it's like a process. Like, okay. it doesn't just take, like, one exorcism oh, okay. most of the time. Because, like, or at least this is what I've learned from television. Okay. Um, and the internet. Um, it's like, it's, it's more, it's, uh... Like an unlocking process. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. I was trying to find the right words. Um, The archbishop authorized it, and the rituals were going to be performed by Bowdoin and another priest, and uh, they would visit the family at home Mm -hmm. to, like, observe the boys' bed shaking, objects moving on their own, not to mention Roland speaking in, like, a guttural voice unlike his own, mm-hmm. um, and exhibiting an, an inversion to sacred objects such as holy water or crosses mm-hmm. um, or, like, rosary beads. Yeah. A priest by the name of Walter Holloran was called to assist Bowdoin. Okay, it's either Bowdoin or Bodern because there's, like, two different spellings of this man's name, and it was really pissing me off. So if, like, you guys hear me switch back and forth, that's because I could not find a consistent way of spelling mm. this man's name. So um, I'm going to say Bowdoin okay. from now on because I don't like the way Bodern sounds. Mm. Sounds weird. Um, they were called in. Okay. To a psychiatric hospital mm-hmm. because that's where they had taken Roland to like be secluded away from like family and shit. Mm-hmm. So another priest by the name of William Van Roo was available to assist in the exorcism, exorcism as well. The boy was strapped to a bed to prevent injury of himself and others because we already saw mm-hmm. <laughs> what he can do. Yeah. But the preparations were not enough to keep the boy calm during the ritual. As I mean, like, you're a little, you're a child, and all these, like, priests are there to, like, exercise this demon from you. Yeah. I don't really think calm would be the word that I would describe my state of being. No. Like, how, what did you expect exactly? No. So, bizarre happenings. Yeah. About to be coming. <laughs> okay? Okay. So, Bowdoin and Halloran, according to the reports, noticed a pattern in Roland's behaviors. He was calm and normal during the day, mm-hmm. but at night, after settling in for bed, he would exhibit strange behavior, including screaming and wild outbursts. Roland would also enter, like, a trance 
mm-hmm. state and start making the like the guttural voice yeah. noises. The priest supposedly also saw mysteriously flying objects in the boy's presence and noted, which we already knew he could yeah. fly shit, um, and noted that he would react violently when he saw um, any of the objects, like anything presented by um, the attending Jesuits. Okay. So, like, even if they were holding something random, mm-hmm. he would be like, get the fuck out of here, man. Mm. Uh, at one point during the weeks-long ordeal, Bowden reportedly saw an X appear in scratches on Roland's chest, um, which the priest believed signified the number 10. In another incident, a pitchfork-shaped pattern in, like, the red lines mm-hmm. um, moved from the boy's thigh and snaked down towards his ankle. These types of things happened every night for more than a month. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and everyone witnessing the events believed that Roland was possessed by more than ten demons. Oh, my goodness. The two priests never gave up as they continued the exorcism night after night. On the evening of March 20th, the exorcism reached an unhealthy new level. Roland urinated all over his bed and began shouting and cursing at the priest. Now, Roland's parents had had enough. Now, after a month of this shit. They took him to Alexian Brothers Hospital in St. Louis for more serious treatment. Uh, The, like, final exorcism took place on Easter Monday in 1949. Having completed the preparations, the priest began the process of exorcising the demon from the boy in a secluded room of the hospital. During the exorcism, he yelled at the priest, saying that Satan would always be with him. The priest laid holy relics, crucifix, medals, and rosaries on the boy. At 10.45 that evening, the attending priest called on St. Michael to expel Satan from Roland's body. They shouted at Satan, saying that St. Michael would battle him for Roland's soul. Seven minutes later, Roland came out of the trance and simply said, He's gone. Aww. The boy recounted how he had a vision that St. Michael vanquished Satan on the great, on like a great battlefield. Mm-hmm. Halloran noted that the words in Mark's that like had appeared on the boy's body uh, were starting to um, become more prominent at that point. Mm-hmm. At one point he saw the word evil materialize. The word hell also showed up and um, th- like the portion of the exorcism where the saints are called upon resulted in violent shaking of Roland's mm-hmm. mattress, um, which after he came out of his trance and said, they're gone mm-hmm. or he's gone. Um, all of those words just disappeared. Oh, okay. The aftermath of this, uh, well, none of the priests had, like, their arms slit. Mm-hmm. Halloran's nose was broken um, because of, like, the violent shaking okay. of Roland. He kind of, like, clocked him. Um, gotcha. Yeah, so the exorcism took a total of eight minutes, which... Mm-hmm. Like, when you're in that, that could, uh, That feels like, like a fucking eternity, yeah, exactly. man. Um, after he said he's gone, after... Halloran's mm-hmm. nose is broken. Everybody is just kind of like, it's fucking over. It's over. It's over. And uh, the room where the exorcism took place was sealed off. Oh, good for them. To prevent further access. Yeah. Um, the bishop's diary was reportedly left at the hospital. The diary was found in 1978, just before the building was destroyed. The diary became the starting point for a book titled Possessed, The True Story of an Exorcism by Tom and Thomas B. Allen. The book contains, like, the contents of the diary, mm-hmm. and it provides the most complete account of the exorcism and, like, of any exorcism in modern times. 
Um, however, the, the book was not without its controversy. Okay. Um, now I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Uh, so an exorcist author, William Peter Blatney, wanted to recount the details of the exorcism in a new book. Blatney mm-hmm. contacted Bowden for assistance, but Bowden declined, stating that he didn't want to help because he feared that the exorcism would be most embarrassing and possibly painfully disturbing to the young man. He noted that he conducted the exorcism at the direction of Archbishop Joseph E. Ritter, who later became cardinal, and he wanted to keep the case discreet. Um, Still, the discovery of the diary offered more insight to the plight of Roland and the priest as they attempted to exorcise the demon within. The details of the diary are, like, super fucking meticulous. Mm -hmm. Like, these bitches kept some good-ass notes. (laughs) Um, And it will, like... It, <clears throat> like, when I say they kept good notes, like, they noted everything everybody was wearing. Wow. Like, it was, like, super detailed. Like, more than you could ever want. Yeah, yeah. So, life after the exorcism mm-hmm. for a little whirlwind, uh, he reportedly went on to live, like, a normal life, and they didn't, like, experience any additional problems. They returned home and resumed their lives. The boy grew up to live a happy life, and he later became successful, getting married and having children. Fifty years after the exorcism took place, um, Roland reported that he could not remember the possession and has no idea what it's like to be possessed. Mm. Um, the experience would most likely scar anybody for life. So, I mean, block off those traumatic memories there if you that. want. Mm-hmm. Um, cause he was what, 14. So 50 yeah. years later, he's 64. Also, that's, you're pretty old. So like, you don't have the best memory. Also, like, why would you want to? Remember? Right. Yeah. Or like fucking no. traumatic event. Um, but yeah, so that is the story of Roland Doe, AKA Robbie Manny- Manningheim, AKA... Ronald, he has like six different names, <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't keep up. So yeah, Roland stuck with one. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it was successful. Yeah. He could actually, yes, live his yeah. life because that's super scary. All I keep thinking is like, could you imagine hearing your child's like voice change like that? Yeah. That would be terrifying to me. Yeah, because then you're like, yeah, crap. Yeah. We were watching um, Case 39 last night, and by we, I mean me, and Sierra was kind of absentmindedly watching it <laughs> while <laughs> playing on her phone, um, and it's about, like, this little girl who's not a little girl. She's, like, a demon, and her voice changes in that movie, and, mm-hmm. like, yeah, no. Mm-mm, no, thank you. Yeah, that that was super creepy. That movie? The, like, the girl. Oh, yeah, she was. She was a good actress. Yeah, she did good. Yeah. Um, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, before that, I was watching The Ring, and Sierra sort of watched, like, four minutes of that before she left. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no. I love me some good, scary movies with children. Children make it so much creepier, man. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I yeah, mm-hmm. Ch- kids are fucking creepy like, on their own. There's like this one um song, and at the end of it, it has this like little girl mm-hmm. like 
saying stuff and I'm just I, I have to skip, <laughs> I have to skip it every time because oh it's like the the uh, artist like daughter uh-huh. and I can't oh my god well I already told you it freaks me out when like groups of children sing together <laughs> <laughs> weirds me the fuck out man oh man um or like that moment in The Shining where it's like come play with us <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no oh, <laughs> I'm good. Thanks, Bo. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, children are fucking creepy, man. Yeah. No, I can't. Mm. It's the worst than, like, masked people. Mm, No. Clowns clowns are creepier. Well, yeah, there are clowns, but... Clowns are definitely creepier. Um, but kids are definitely top two. Because mm. you know how bad the black-eyed children freak me out. Yeah. Mm. So. I'm interested. What people find, like, the most scary, like, in scary movies, if you like scary movies. Oh, yeah. Because, like... None of the demon shit freaks me out. Yeah. Like, none of that freaks me out. I just find that hilarious. Like, when I was watching The Ring yesterday, I was laughing my ass off. <laughs> Even though that's technically a little girl, but it was still really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but Case 39... Case 39 is a little, a little freaky. Um, but jump scares, obviously, are going to get you because they're jump yeah. scares. But, like, none of the demon movies really freak me out. Mm-hmm. But the kids, kids freak me out. Because, mm-hmm. like, they're supposed to be innocent. Right. And then you put a demon in there and they're like, what? Or an orphan where it's not a child. It's a 30, uh, 30-something-year-old woman pretending to be a child. Spoiler. <laughs> It's okay, I wasn't going to read it. I wasn't oh, going to watch it's, it. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty scary. Like, this little girl um, is, like, adopted by this family, and, like, mm-hmm. slowly she starts to, like, break down the family, mm-hmm. and it turns out she's not. Her name's, like, the little girl's name's Esther, and it turns out she's not a little girl. She's, like, 30-something years old pretending to be a little girl. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, this one scene where she, like, takes off her makeup, and it is disturbing. Wow. <laughs> like, very disturbing. Um, but yeah, no. So. Huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Super fun. All right, Sierra, plug all the things. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, make sure you follow us on Facebook or Instagram or both as you desire. I know some people like one more than the other. AKA Emily. I prefer the Instagram. Yeah. I don't know which one I prefer, I guess. Probably. Facebook, there's just so many things. Yeah. Anyways, I prefer neither, I guess. Um, oh, if I had a choice, I would fucking delete all of my social media and peace <laughs> the fuck out. But. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, follow us on Instagram or Facebook or both, like I said. Um, you can check out our uh, our website, paranormalpodcast.com, and it has all the uh, sources for the episodes, pictures that we put on social media, and then um, personal resources for you guys, because um, we want you to have those there. Uh, in case you need them. Yes, because we care about you guys. We missed you. Felt weird not it, having it. It really did. It was like kind of, it was weird, but kind of nice, but kind of mostly weird. Yeah. Yeah. To not like do it like every week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Um, send us an email. Do Let it. I dare you. Let us know like 
what you find the most scary in scary oh, movies. Oh, please, please tell me. And or, what like, you, what, what you your th- favorite scary movie is, if you guys do like scary movies, because I fucking love scary movies. Mm-hmm. Sierra hates them, but she, I love them. She'll take all of your suggestions. I will, because I'm very bored at home, y'all. Yeah, so... Um, paranormalpodcast at gmail.com send us a little email or if you want to send us mail um, in like USPS you can do that too a paranormalpodcast it's P.O. Box 1416 Monroe, North Carolina 28111 that's three ones three ones yep so do it I, I mean we look forward to hearing from you guys yeah so let us know what you think and we We'll catch you. We'll be back next week. Next week. Yeah. It'll be tons of fun. All right. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. I, <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm going to do next week yet, but I think I have an idea. So. Okay. Ooh. All right. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Bye.